today, the 1st of February, the year of our Lord, 2023, and it's just gone 2 p.m. here in the UK. Roy and I have been talking this week, and it's been a very mixed bunch of emotions that I've gone through when talking to him about the information that he's got. And we were humming and hawing, do we put this out? And I originally thought, no, don't want to, because I don't go down the fear-mongering path. Uh, then I changed my mind, thinking everybody needs to know this. Roy called me up yesterday. He said, you know, Lou, I don't know. I don't know if, if people are ready for what I've got to say. He's no way saying he's, he's not following the plan. Um, there is no, we still follow the plan. We still believe everything's okay. I still believe I'm a lot more of hope um, with me. You know, I'm like my hopium. Everyone should do. I always try and think this is okay. We're going to see this for a reason. I believe we've got God on our side. He's going to come in and make his move. Um, if I wasn't a follower and if I wasn't born again Christian, I would be, I'd be shitting myself. Listeners, I really would be. But Roy's managed to package this. It isn't something to be scared of. It's, I'm going to let Roy, I'm going to let Roy explain. Hi, Roy. How are you? Sorry, I'm mumbling around. I don't know how just to prepare the listeners for the information that we, you, have found out, backed up from various statistics, government statistics and government sites and predictions. I don't know the best way to package this. No, I think, you, I think you're doing a good job there, Lou. You think? And you're right. You're right. This isn't about scaring people. This is about reality. And uh, preparing. It's not about scaring. It's about preparing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you if you know something's coming down the pike, uh, then you it doesn't matter. <laughs> you have it's to tell you, the truth. Yeah, exactly. We have to tell the truth because we are about truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and what you're getting off the governments, off the political parties. Uh, of the cabal are just propaganda and lies and more lies and more lies again. We're not going to be like that. So, Roy, what is it that we, you and I have been a bit twitchy about talking about? I'm going to, I'm going to mute so right. you don't have any interruptions and then we will discuss at the end. Okay. Well, I, it's a good introduction you gave, Lou. And for a long while now, I've been of the opinion that, you know, we've covered and we will cover and continue to cover issues, paedophilia, child trafficking, the kill job, election fraud, border control, government corruption. You know, we'll always cover those issues. But you're, you're not going to get a solution to those issues, uh, not in its finality, until we deal with the issue of world economy. Because ultimately... Uh, the control of the issuance of money, credit, and loans is the trump card. Until we remove that from the cabal, then indeed we're not uh, we're not going to be able to get uh, a solution to those issues that I've just raised. Now, I'm going to give some statistics, social statistics, and th the only period in history that's similar to the period that we're going into, is 1840 to 1880. And that was a, 
that was in, in, in the uh, ascendancy of, uh, of of British capitalism of the cabal and its conquest of the world. At that time, it hadn't set up its uh, you know, division of labour. It hadn't set up a world economy. Therefore, it treated its own workers, its own uh, workers, with absolute and utter disgrace. It treated them like slaves. And there, at that time, around 1840, 1850, there was, uh, it's a book, and it's written by Friedrich Engels. And I know, I know what Engels is. Nevertheless, he wrote a book called The Conditions of the English Working Class. And it became a classic. It didn't matter if he were socialist, Marxist, lefty, righty, or whatever, because of the work that went into it. It was an absolute classic. And they were horrendous conditions. If you like, Engels took the layer of lies away, the layer of uh, that thin veneer where they, the Victorians tried to put forward that everything was well. He took it away, and it, it was taken up by many authors, not just English authors, but international authors. But in, in, in England, in Britain, Dickens, it was Dickens. Dickens saw what was taking place, read uh, the conditions of the English working class, read other books and periodicals, and he was a court reporter. And Dickens reflected his work, you know, in books like A Christmas Carol, Hard Times. And, you know, when you read those books, you watch the film. Yeah, that's fine. You read the books, and they really, they, they, they really are heart-rendering. And <laughs> the, the, the books back each other up. So are we in that period of time right now? No, no. But we are going to enter it. Of that, I'm absolutely sure of now. So I've really looked at stats for Britain. I don't usually do that. I've got a couple of stats with America. But in Britain, I'd, uh, I'd like to give these out. August 27th, Yorkshire Building Society. Piece of research. It's done by the Trussell Trust. And some of the main points were 14 million Brits have less than £500 in savings. 10 million of those have less than £100. The number of Brits with no savings has doubled since 2019. Direct line. 25% of all households have no money set aside for emergencies. Credit card debt. Uh, that's the money charity. Credit card debt for the UK households amounted to 63.6 billion in November 22. That's a credit card debt of 2,290 pounds per person per household. At the top, you've got Capital One with 34.9% APR, and Barclays at 25.9% APR. But it's the drop in living standards which really points the way forward now uh, in the next year or two, because we've had a, a drop in living standards. Well, let's go to, uh, people will remember the budget with Jeremy Hunt in November. I think November the 17th got up and, uh, you know, his was a, you know, we were in for hard times. And uh, he said that uh, our living standards, you know, will be the worst since the 1950s. Now, I listened to that clip about three or four days ago. I said, no, 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 that's not right. That's not right. They weren't good. 
at the post-war boom was developing, there was a production on a world scale, an uplift. And so it was manageable and it was a rosy picture. So I then looked at the Office of Budget Responsibility because that's where he said he got it from. And when I read the report, you've got to better read it. What the Office of Budget Responsibility said, what the, it said that this is the most severe drop in living standards for 100 years. And they went further and they said, until records themselves began. Now, records began with a census 260-odd years ago. But they did develop in earnest around the 1830s, 1840s, precisely Victorian era, Dickensian times. But what's really telling about this? I thought that's, that, that this type of report has got to be in a periodical or in a paper. So I scoured and scoured, and I found in The Guardian, the 17th November, 2022, uh, the day that Hunt was speaking, at 14.20, they put an article out on their website where the headline was uh, to the effect that worst falling living standards uh, since records began, OBR. Now, they put that out at 14.20. That was 20 minutes after Hunt had stated his 1950 remark. Hunt, Hunt wasn't lying in the sense that it was the worst. Uh, and he, you can say since 1950, but if you know it's the worst ever, you can say since 1880, 1870. But he didn't want to say that because that gives the gravitas about the enormous attack that's already taken place on our living standards. And what then uh, is the future? Well, it's not the only stat that I got. I had a look at disposable income. Now, disposable income dropped 8% last year, 7% uh, the year before. Effectively, it's dropped about 8% over the last two years. And the Office of Budget Responsibility said that has cut £1,500, taking £1,500 out, uh, out of the spending money of an average family on a yearly basis. Now, if you couple the 10% increase in inflation, and by the way, they say that's going down now, and it is to a certain degree, but it's only going down, as I will explain, to absolutely skyrocket in the next period. You get, a, you get an understanding of why the alarm bells are ringing, why the, why the, more, why the building societies are now uh, putting forward that there are, uh, this looks like there's going to be mass delinquency in regard of mortgage repayment, why landlords are beginning to sell up even though they've bought the house because a number of them are saying people are not paying. They haven't got any money. So you, you're beginning now for the people who own and control, there, there's a realisation that the shit is about to hit the fan. Now, in, uh, I'll deal with the states very briefly. CBS 19, 19 News on January the 12th. Now, uh, it, uh, it, it, it took a poll from a research company, quite reputable. And <laughs> 60% of the population have less than 400, in the, 400 pound in the bank for emergencies. 72% are one month, uh, one paycheck, one monthly paycheck away from destitution. Now, 
I give these figures and I can see people say, oh, yeah, well, you know, we've, we've known about these. It's been similar. You know, we had that in the in, uh, in 2008, in, uh, 1998, in the 80s, 70s. You know, Roy, what are you cooking on about? This is the reason. It was true. We have had similar figures, not as devastating as these, by the way, but because the economy was able to come out of the recession, because the world economy was able to move forward, mainly through pump priming, printing, inflationary, printing of currencies, they were over to they were able to the, the cabal was able to overcome it. They were able to kick the can further down the road. Now we've come to the wall. Now we're coming to the end where if they print money, it'll be hyperinflation. They cut in money, and that's deflating. No, sorry, it's deflating the economy in regard to loans, but prices are still going forward, the case of stagflation. And there's, the reason why there's no way out is principally because an alternative has been posed. And the alternative is being posed by BRICS. Now, a word on BRICS. You listen to these, uh, you know, these, these propagandists, economic propagandists in the West, in the Western-controlled cabal countries, and in the media, and they will play down BRICS. They will laugh. They will say, oh, it's going to collapse. There's no way forward. That has been their stance. But now we've seen a sea change. We've seen a sea change, but the sea change is still up right at the top. If you like, with uh, Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan, Yellen of the Treasury, even the Fed to a degree, they've began to realize what's really taking place, but that hasn't filtered down to the masses. And really, that's what this discussion is all about. Now, I mentioned some of the... Uh, the prevailing social conditions as they stand in Britain. Now, Lou will remember this, and I hope the listeners that do listen will remember that before Christmas, I think it was in June or July, I prefaced a coming storm. And I did say that what we're going through now is really just uh, in terms of, I, I give a, I give a, uh, yeah, an allegory, a metaphor, where this is like a big wave, uh, which is causing the economic travise, the rising cost in prices, et cetera, et cetera, inflation, job losses. But this is just a wave. But I did say it's the first wave. Now, in 2023, I prefaced that the wave would give way to a, to, uh, to a tsunami, but it would be followed by a bigger tsunami. And then I said, it will be followed by the final, two, final tsunami that brings down the Western-controlled countries, cabal-controlled countries, brings down their currencies and finishes off their system. And that really is what, uh, what, what is taking place at this moment in time. We have one world, but we have two competing systems. And again, let's be clear on this. The Western cabal-controlled countries, the issuance of money, credit, and loans is in private hands. It's not the property of the government to issue money. 
councils can't raise money or regional councils can't raise money at low interest rates, low credit rates, because it's in private hands. And when I say private hands, I mean three or four banks that control the Bank of England. And those three or four banks are controlled by, how, by the, one of the great houses, by the Rothschilds. Now, the reason why it's going to fall and it's falling is because of BRICS. And when I talk about BRICS, in this instance, in, in regard to the economy and banking, I'm really resting on China and Russia. Because in China and Russia, and I'm not talking now about uh, the state control, the character of the state. I'm talking about banking. And their banking, uh, you, you haven't got private ownership. They're effectively public banks where low interest rates, control of inflation, price control, that's all in order. And more to the point, they, ha they, they haven't been tainted with financialization. They haven't used derivatives. They haven't got into swap controls and credit controls, bonds, etc. They haven't inflated their economy hugely on the basis of the casino economy. And underpinning the WCC countries now are rising retail prices, rising interest rates, rising mortgage rates. You know, this is the year in Britain, 2023, when two to three-year fixed mortgages will finish, they've got to be renewed. Now, I think there are about eight, uh, seven million. Now, their mortgages are going to double overnight. So in some cases, they'll treble overnight. And in other cases, they won't even be able to get. They'll attempt for fixed mortgage, but they won't, they won't get it. There's rocketing credit card rates. We've got coll collapsing financial markets. No, I mentioned the 10-year and the two-year bond in the U.S. It's inverted. What do I mean by that? I mean that the 10-year uh, the bond is at, at about 3.8% and the two-year bond's at 4.2%. Well, it should be the other way around because if you're going to invest over 10, over 10 years, you should expect more than two years. But the reason why it's like that is because the investors, the managed money, the wealth sovereign funds, they know. <laughs> they know what's taking place. So they've now moved into three-month, year, and two-year bonds. And so they, they can get a, a better yield and not have that risk over 10 years. The United States S&P 500, down 19.4% the last 12 months. Currencies are collapsing. You know, all right, they're not major currencies. Look at Lebanon. They devalued their currency by 90% yesterday. And yet, that devaluation doesn't address the problem. It doesn't, in other words, they've got to go up to 99. The currency is gone, effectively. And it's not just the Lebanon. You know, Argentina, some big players. All right, they're not first world countries, but they have first world commodities. They really do have first world riches, but they're now in a terrible place. And we're seeing the debasing of the major currencies. Now, I mentioned the US, but the US and the UK, well, they're special cases in the economic madhouse that is now 
the WCCC. With financial collapse taking place, we're now seeing the emergence of real commodities and goods as the real source of sustainable wealth on this planet. And that flows from countries recognizing that the financial economy in the West, WCC countries, is finished. The policy scheme is over. It's now beginning to collapse. And that it is real goods, the production of real goods in manufacture and industry, which is the real wealth in society. Now, I've got a few more uh, statistics. I'll try not to harp on about it, but the top, in the top 18 countries in the world for manufacturing, manufacturing productivity, I'll read out the U.S. The U.S. have 16 million in manufacture and productivity at work. That's 10.5% of the population. In the UK, we have 3 million at work, which is 9.5% of the population. Now, that makes the US 17th and Britain 18th. And what's worse for the US and Britain is that a big proportion of those jobs are in high-tech, computer industries, service industries, insurance industries, banking industries, and they are already being strafed. In the US and in Britain, heavy industrial manufacturing industries have been shorn to the bone and are not really exist in existence. Now, they language at the bottom. Now, in the field of finance, their numbers one and two, respectively. What then, what then of the other economic system I talked about, the East? Now, I related around a year ago that a guy called Sergei Glazyev. Now, that's Glazyev uh, is linked to Putin. He's one of his top economic advisors. And uh, yeah, Putin does trust this guy. There's no doubt, no doubt about it. He has the year of Putin and he has the year of the woman who's in charge of the central bank. And uh, he actually, you know, he, he does discuss with the leadership on a, regular, on a regular basis. Now, he was charged by Putin. You know, Putin understood that the sanctions would uh, mean that the ruble would be isolated and th that for Putin, you had to get rid of the dollar and the other WCC currencies. So he... He said to Glazyev, right, set up a currency. And I've brought, I discuss it many times. And Glazyev and Putin and Lavrov a year ago said, yeah, we are going to develop a new currency. It's going to be based on commodities and gold and the individual currencies of each nation. Now, that was around a few, uh, six ASEAN nations initially, which would give, that would have given uh, Russia the ability to, to, to trade commodities there, not lose out. And those six countries would have been like uh, commodity exporters, like Traffic Europe. And they would have had, Russia would have had there a base, not just India, but other countries where it could have got its products and its commodities through. So that, that was the idea. But those plans had to be done away with. Now, the reasons... Uh, uh, what are the re All right, I better, I'll tell you, I'll briefly outline the reasons. The, the first, 
get this in my head now. I did have it. Oh, yeah. The first, I mentioned it was just five or six, and they weren't major countries in, in the ASEAN, which were in close proximity of Russia. But the sheer scale of countries that have now aligned, joined, or are in dialogue with the East, uh, and the East is, uh, is BRICS, the North and, uh, and the South, the sheer scale of countries waiting to join now has skyrocketed. Secondly, the financial crisis in the Western cabal-controlled countries is now terminal. There's, a, there's no way out of this, as I just tried to explain earlier on. They, uh, they're going to go bust, hyperinflate, hyperinflate, or currency crash. One of the two. There's no way out now. And finally, the, uh, the, the thing that will project very quickly that uh, demolition of the dollar and the Western currency, uh, currencies is the Ukraine war. Because the Ukraine war now is going to take a different, a, a, it's going to take on a different shape and form. The tanks coming in and NATO's declared intervention changes everything. And I'll deal with that a little bit later. So we see in the East the dominance of physical, uh, physical gold. And Russia will fire the financial weapon of mass destruction. Indeed, it's on its way now. They're going to do that. Not it. Now, it was discussed with Glazier, and it was thought by these propagandists in the West that it will take five years before a serious challenge will take place. In my opinion, it's not going to take five months. And it won't be a challenge. It's going to be a knockout blow. I'll go on. The panoply of emerging powers uh, of, of the East, their power lies really on three great pillars. There are many pillars, but these are the big ones. Primarily that of commodities at the disposal of Russia. And principle, the initial weapons of mass destruction are oil and gas energy linked to gold. And then there's China. China's the workshop of the world. It's now coming out of its slumber. I didn't realize the amount of uh, commodities and inventory China has accumulated over the last 12 months, 70% of the world's copper, 60% of the world's aluminium. And I, I could go on and on, I'm not going to bother because it gets a bit monotonous, but they've already in preparation, so they haven't got a problem of getting resources. The resources are already there. They have an absolute constant supply now of energies. And by, by the way, you know, America had uh, 16 million working in industry, certain types of industry. Britain had 3 million. I know China is a big population, but they've got 127 million working in their manufacturing. And I mean manufacturing. If I was to counterpart the population pro rata to the United States, for the states to be a challenger, it would have to have 42 million working in industry and manufacture. Not a chance. It's just small figures like that which explode the myth that the WCCC countries 
can challenge and win this oncoming fight. Now, in the WC, I'll end with this, in the, in the WCC country, uh, sorry, in the countries of the East, inflation is under control. Prices are stable. There's not a shortage of goods or commodities. Now, I, I've covered on numerous podcasts, and I mentioned earlier the accumulation of physical gold by the East over the last 20 years, and in particular, in the last two years. So part one, the draining of the physical gold exchanges of the WCC, that is the COMEX and the LBMA, is now nearing its end game. And I would say that 80 to 90% of it, the gold's gone from west to east. And another, another really important point here, and that is the Jerome Powell is coming out with the, uh, the, the interest rates increased today in America. Now, they think it's going to be uh, the FOMC recommend 0.25%. But I've noticed something which I hadn't noticed before. Prior to every other interest rate, over the decades, gold and silver get slammed down the day or, the, uh, or day or two days before to show that it's a worthless metal and it doesn't really matter. It's not something that affects the monetary system. Well, what happened? Gold kept its value. It wasn't knocked down at all. In fact, it gained slightly. Silver the same. Now, that's the first time in my memory that I've seen that. Now, what triggered? Because the question is sometimes asked. What triggered the East to decouple from the dollar and from the uh, WCC financial empire? Well, the definitive moment, really, was when Russia was cast out of the SWIFT system. Remember, the SWIFT system is a messaging system between all the banks to alert that money's been put in and money's been taken out. So you can imagine, if you're not in that system and you haven't set up any other system, you're in no man's land. Russia's fiat currency reserves, US dollar reserves, hundreds of millions, the U.S. just took them. They, they stole them effectively. And the EU has just done the same. Now, that one action, just that one action, was the green light for some of the most powerful commodity-based countries on the planet to say, fuck that. You ain't doing that to us. And they began to queue up to join the East. And they also are joining in the de-dollarization, which I've touched upon many times, but there are other factors which are giving them great confidence. You know, everybody remembers what took place in 2001 where Saddam Hussein declared that he was going to sell oil for euros and 11 weeks later shock and awe came about. A million Iraqis died and they reduced major cities in, a, in Iraq to rubble. And then we had Libya. Probably, historically, Muammar Gaddafi will be looked at as a magnificent leader of his people. 
and it will be, uh, and it will be the world will acknowledge that when the real history books are written. Because here's a man who wanted to give his country's gold to set up a common currency in Africa to stop the dollar, and he was on his way to doing it. Of course, he paid the ultimate penalty, horrifically tortured, and uh, you know murdered. And one of the most prosperous countries in Africa was reduced back to the to the Middle Ages in a period of weeks by America, Britain, France. You know, yeah. The usual suspects: Tony Blair at the forefront, different president. But yeah, the, the disgusting slaughter of the innocents. But things started to change, and they started to change in 2016. Because in 2016, Syria, it blew up in Syria. And Putin made his move and said, no, nah, we're not having it. So Putin already had his planes in there, moved his military in. And 45 said, yeah, he's right. We won't have a joint campaign, but we support the purpose, get rid of ISIS. Get rid of these people, and they did it. So that was the first time that he had a situation where a weakened country had threatened to challenge the hegemon of the US, didn't win, but wasn't defeated, suffered greatly, but wasn't defeated. And then you had Iran. Now, Iran, Russia, China, they all looked at Iran. Now, Iran proved to be if you like the templates, because they have a powerful military. They have advanced technology, particularly on EMP. And whereas the United States put sanctions on them, the world supported it, they did not dare go in militarily. And Iran, which is self-sufficient in food, which is a country with huge minerals and resources, it's a massive country anyway, got round the sanctions. Now, Putin looked at that, and by the way, Putin aided it, and so did Xi, but they looked at it and they thought, right, it's game. And then you come. You come to the, uh, you come to the war in Ukraine. Now, Russia, for these countries that are looking on, again, was a major tipping point, because Russia, they understood the difference between Syria and Iran, Syria and Iran, and they definitely understood the difference between Iran and Russia. And the feeling was, well, if they could take Russia's reserves, if they can knock Russia out of the SWIFT system, then we're all in the firing line. And that's when you began the move to the BRICS, the understanding that that's the only way forward. Now, Russia, China, India, with others, had the overwhelming amount of physical gold on the planet in their banks and also amongst their citizens. Let us not forget that Putin, Xi, Modi, Erdogan, all these leaders, all these leaders have sold gold to their population, have taken the tax off gold, physical gold, have let it go at a cheaper price to the citizens of their country. They've done that for a reason, and I'll come to that 
a bit later, you have you have a scenario now where Zimbabwe is selling gold. It's using gold coins. The IMF is going nuts, as I mentioned the last time. But they're selling gold in very small uh, physical pieces, and the population are buying are buying it. And Zimbabwe, in in dollar centric terms, one of the poorest countries in the world, put the finger. They put the finger to uh, to the US. Get stuffed. We're de-dollarizing. So you can see how the wind has changed. The fear of, uh, of, of America, of the hegemon, has gone. There's no fear there. Yeah, they understand. They're still tied into the dollar. But the idea of military intervention, nah. You know, I mentioned... I mentioned South, South America. I said Biden's got some serious de- decisions to make. I doubted whether Lula would meet Biden. Well, he hasn't met Biden. As a matter of fact, he's now got the main oil and commodity produ- producing countries in South America to agree to a common currency. He's now got them agreeing that they wanted to anyway to join the BRICS. So you it's, it's even in their own backyard. And what's Biden? What's the military going to do about it? Well, they couldn't get the Brazilian military to intervene for their man. They couldn't get a coup d'etat to get Lula out and get their man Bolsonaro back in. And they couldn't do that because the military weren't prepared to do it. So there's, if they intervene this time, if they try any shenanigans this time, they're going to get a bloody nose in their own backyard as well. And they will fight back. There will be a coordinated fight back. It won't be they'll be able to pick off uh, Brazil. No chance. You will have uh, Venezuela, Argentina, Bolivia. These countries will come to the aid. They'll help each other. They're now unified. And in that sense, it's a serial defeat. Another big defeat for the cabal itself. We are witnessing the demise now of the WCC currencies. And with the ruble, now the strongest currency on the planet, the, uh, the, the BRICS countries, Russia, China, and all these countries now realize that J.P. Morgan's statement to Congress in 1912 is as true today as it was then. And his statement was, Gold is money. Everything else is credit. And it's true. And now you're seeing, you're beginning to see that in reality. Now, critically, we should not forget that Russia is a substantial net exporter of goods and commodities to the East. But it's not able to use the ruble. Uh, so it has to rely on China's... Hi, Roy. I think you might put mute on. Because we're not there. You've disappeared. I haven't got mute on. Oh, you disappeared. Sorry, Roy. It just went completely silent. I Well, it's, it's your end, Lou. Yeah. It's definitely not me. I'm, I'm just... Okay. Sorry, carry on your back again, though. That's fine. Carry on. All right. So we shouldn't forget that Russia is a substantial net exporter of goods and commodities to the East. But it's not able to use the ruble. It has to rely on China's renminbi and any deals that it does with individual countries outside of the SWIFT system. 
That's not ideal. And it has to take uh, the Asian currencies, the rupees, the Turkish lira, uh, the Iranian real, what we call soft currencies. And the reason they're soft currencies because exchange rates, the dollar, can still affect them. Even if they de-dollarize, they can have a big effect on them because they're still in that system. So the uh, Blasiev was told, design. we want a new design. And the new design that we want is a, a new trade settlement currency. In other words, when we trade with countries, whatever's left over, we want it paid in gold. We want it settled in gold. And the Middle East really changed everything. And why has the Middle East changed everything? Well, the big countries, we all knew that oil, energy, and gas is the motor force of the planet. And it was a moot point. You know, when MBS's father was running the show, America was still in there. But it was a moot point whether they, he would stay in charge. And the feeling was that with, the, with a motor force of world productivity being in China and the world's commodities being in uh, you know, Russia and the East, then which way would they look? Now, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia had made its choice, and it, it's, it's joined the Shanghai Corporation Organization. And why did they do it? Well, they waited. They waited for Biden to come into power. They weren't going to do it on 45 rain. As a matter of fact, all the countries that I'm talking about, 45 had a great relationship with them. He went there. You know, he was well received and, and liked. So they waited for Biden. And then Biden came out with uh, the ESG, the green agenda. We're not going to support any country, you know, that, uh, that uses fossil fuels, carbons. They're out. Now, MBS, he saw that India and China ignored ESG, ignored Biden, and that these countries were voracious consumers of oil and gas. MBS realized that Russia was aligned with the oil-producing countries outside of OPEC. And what I mean by that is uh, Venezuela, Nigeria, Argentina, these countries. He noticed that Iran. He noticed that Russia had built up, literally, its own web of support. So therefore, MBS and the Saudis worked out that if they joined, then they'd have control of the world's energy supplies. And that's what took place. That's what has taken place. And it culminated in Xi's visit to Saudi Arabia. And I'll go over it all, but Xi signed you know, a 27-year agreement with Qatar and a 50-year deal with China. By the way, that deal hasn't been disclosed what's been agreed, nor has the payment uh, payments and that, there's a reason that I'll come to it. Then MBS went one step further to these agreements and he joined the Shanghai Corporation. Now he's a dialogue partner in the Shanghai Corporation, Cooperation Organization. Now that means he's a former member, but he only will discuss on issues that affect him and the SCO, that's gas, oil, energy, and currency. So he's effectively... A full, a full member, but he's in there. Now, with the purchasing power of the dollar declining, foreign reserves are dissipating 
fast. It's just been announced that China and Japan have got rid of a half a trillion of their reserves, dollar reserves, in the last 12 months. Now, I want to call in Lou here. Lou, are you there? Yes, yes, Lou? yes. Yes, yes, yes. Now, I got, I, I got a question for you, Lou, and I just want to... Uh, I had a discussion with a few academics a while back, and I asked them the same question. Just to answer it. Do you have an understanding of what is a trillion, the number of trillion in seconds? How many years that is? Not an effing Well, say it on top of your head. Lou? Uh, how many seconds? Oh. I don't know, Roy. I have no idea. I can't even begin to give you a figure. I, I, I can't even imagine that. Yeah. Better than academics, and they all tried, for God's sake. You're far better than those <laughs> individuals. Anyway, if you, don't, if you don't have a go, you don't want to have a go. Well, no, I, I, I'll tell you. I will have a go, but I can't even imagine a picture, a number. There isn't, go on I, then, have a go. I'm being honest. I haven't got a clue. I wouldn't know where to start. So, sorry. Okay. <laughs> but what if I told you that a, a trillion seconds is equivalent to 31,709 years? Wow. Okay, I would have to believe you because I haven't got the patience to sit there and work it out. You can just Google it. I it's 31,709 31, years. And the reason I'm saying that, I'm just getting people to understand how big a figure a trillion is. Now, if you go to a quadrillion, it's 310,000 years. If you go to a billion, it's 31 years. These are absolutely huge figures that we're talking about. Now, the reason why Japan and China got rid of a half a trillion dollars in 12 months and are unloading at a huge rate at the moment is that they realized the dollar's going to fall. And China and Japan used a lot of that money to get gold and silver and to get it back sent to their countries. So they're sending the dollars back. So for, for, for the Fed, that's a disaster. That means that they've got to assimilate those dollars. And dollars coming back are inflationary. So coupled with oil exports to the WCC, it was a no-brainer for M MBS to, uh, to join, to, to join up with, with the East. Now, central to these moves to join the East would have been Glazieff's plans for a new currency. And the, the first stage is that they're going to use gold as a proxy for a basket of commodities. They're going to tie the commodities up to gold. Now, Glazieff's article was in a paper called Vedomosti, which is a Russian business paper. Now, that was last week. I am staggered that there is not one journal in the West, paper, TV, radio program, that has touched it with a barge pole. And the reason for that is they can't counteract. They virtually, when they would read it, most serious representatives would be nodding their head. This article makes clear the idea for a new currency has been dropped. Instead, the means of settling trade imbalance. When I say a new currency, I mean commodity, gold, and the nation currency, that's been dropped. And it's been dropped. And instead, the means of settling the trade imbalances between countries is now to be done in gold. 
But it begs the question, what if Russia and China peg their currencies to the gold standard? Then that blows away the dollar immediately. Is that going to happen? No. I don't know, but what the, what the, what, what's being put forward by Glazier and seems to be taken on board by both Russia and China is that there's going to be trade settlements in gold. Now, Russia might well be forced into doing this, and I mean going into a currency, backing it, the ruble with gold, because it, it, it's not able to invest outside Russia. And it's got enormous trade surpluses now. Now, their gold reserves are set to skyrocket when they introduce trade imbalances to be settled in gold. Now, what, what do I mean? What, uh, what does it mean for Russia? And I'll go back to Saudi Arabia in regard to oil and energy. Why are they using oil and energy as the battering ram to bring in gold? Well, in 1971, one barrel of oil could be bought for 0.0831% of an ounce. In 2023, one barrel of oil could be bought for 0.0417 of an ounce. So half the gold it was worth in 1971. The Saudis understand since the dollars come off the gold standard in 71, they've lost 50% of their export revenues. But by tying oil and energy to gold, they stop immediately the erosion of oil values. This explains why the Saudi minister at the World Economic Forum stated that they are prepared to accept other currencies other than the dollar. What price a gold-backed currency? I'll tell the listeners now. I'm not sure that the gold-backed currency would be the first step. If it's offered, they'll snap their hands off. And if it is offered, then you better hang on to your hollyhocks because we're going down the tubes. Now, from Russia's standpoint, in nine months to September the 22nd, they had a trade surplus of $198.4 billion with the members of the East. That's up from $123 billion the previous year. Russian companies have now paid off all their, in, uh, their external debt. <laughs> Compare and contrast that to the major companies and monopolies in the WCC who are virtually zombie companies, and even the ones that are going forward are weighed down with enormous debt. In short, the Biden sanctions have been an enormous boost to the Russian coffers, and they completely failed in their overall mission. So what are the benefits of pricing gold to the major international goods like oil, gas, food, fertilizers, metals, solids, minerals? In a moment, in a heartbeat, the West price ceilings are now redundant. They become literally worthless, worthless pieces of paper overnight. At a stroke, China and India would become the world's commodity traders. 
at the moment, it is the cabal owned and controlled Glencora and Trafigura commodity traders, companies that run the, the, the mass of world trade. And by the way, as an illustration of the coming crisis that's going to envelop, engulf the WCCC, Trafigura and Glencore said only three or four days ago that they now have to raise a half a trillion dollars to maintain their position that they had last year. So you can see that uh, it's, it's all beginning to, uh, to, to fall in. The age of the petrodollar is now ending. As the WCC currencies implode, the East, they're, be, they're extricating themselves from the carnage of that impending collapse. They're getting out in good season. 2023, we're going to see the fall of the financial casino, the WCC financial casino and the financial oligarchy. And it's going to be replaced by, by a traditional asset, gold. The world is going to go back to real money. Now, the gold forecast, uh, I forecast that gold will rise sharply over the next 12 months. Don't ask me by how much. I don't know that, but I know that it's going to go up. And Russia and China have large reserves. <laughs> this has been set up over the decades. Russia is increasing. Now, the biggest gold mines in the world are in China and Russia and Zimbabwe. And have a guess, Zimbabwe. Have a guess who's uh, bought the biggest gold mine in Zimbabwe. Have a guess who's funded the Zimbabwean government to buy uh, the, to get uh, the Chinese. Yeah, the Chinese and the Russians. Oh yeah, and have it. And uh, what is Zimbabwe? They're a key part of the of the Belt and Road. <laughs> the, all the work that's been done now. You have a situation in Russia and China. You know, China mines three hundred and fifty tons of gold. Roy, let me just jump in with regards to this whole China thing. Like, we don't want communism. China is still a communist. So we're not saying the Chinese Communist Party, are we? You're not talking about the Chinese Communist Party. I need to get... I'll deal with that at the end. Lou, I've already made that clear. I'll deal with that in the end. I want to deal with uh, what's taking place now with the economy. I'll come to that in the end. And I've, you know, I've made these points loads of times. No, I know, but, but we do have main... listeners coming in and out. So I just... Well, I'll, I'll, t I'll, I'll tell you what. You know, uh, the, the listeners will have to wait until the end of this, and I will deal with those issues. Okay, but I want to get through. I want to get through that uh, they have huge reserves. China, three hundred and fifty. They mine three hundred and fifty tons of gold every year. They have done for the last twenty years. So that's six thousand, you know, eight thousand tons, and they never sell any. Russia has just up its production to 500 tonnes of gold a year, and they want to make it 3% of the GDP, and they don't sell any gold. Where are the gold mines in Europe? Where are the gold mines in America? Where are the gold mines in the WCC? Game set, and it's the game set and shooting match. There's no competition. Now, it's the intervention of NATO in Ukraine which ties everything up. That intervention with the tanks means that NATO is going to become directly involved. Now, war is the only way out for the WCC. 
when NATO comes in, they're going to turn on the printing presses for the military-industrial complex. Remember now, $30 trillion of American debt is owned by foreign, uh, by foreign countries. And they're beginning to dump the dollar. I mentioned China and Japan, but there's a whole catalog of others waiting to do the same. So they're going to pump prime yet again. They're going to inflate the dollar, which means you're going to see big increases in prices on energy, food, and other basic commodities. That's going to be right across the WCC countries. And we're going to see the dawning, particularly in the US and Britain, of hyperinflation. And that's on the cards in the next 12 months. It's, it's when NATO come in. It's when they come in. When they're on the ground, when they get the tanks, when the battle's roaring, that Putin will fire the bullet. And he'll fire that bullet into the heart of, of the cabal world economy. He'll say, right, we're going on a gold standard for uh, settlement of, uh, of terms of trade. Boom. Well, you can imagine the effect that that's going to have on the WCC countries. No gold mines. Hypothecated gold. Standing there hoping to get some commodities with paper that's not worth the ink it's written on. Now, we are, we were, we're going into the era where we will see central banks and commercial banks going bust. In, real, in effect, they bust already. Zombie banks, we've got zombie corporations. We're going to see huge bankruptcies, beginning to see them now. But the currencies, they're falling now they're going to go off a cliff in the next period. And that will mean that there'll be a further loss of purchasing power against gold. It's not that gold goes up in dollars because it's all powerful. It is, it's money. But where it goes up because the WCC currencies are debasing themselves. So in that sense, it's, it's a store of wealth. Not a, not a profit game uh, scenario. Now, the, uh, this is inversely proportional. The fall and rapid decline of the living standards of the WCCC countries will be mirrored in a corresponding rise in the East. And that's got to happen because the people, as, as Putin calls the golden one billion, I've got to understand the role of the cabal, how they've criminally exploited them, how they've debauched the system, how they control illegal control of money has brought us to this point. It is the key point in the Great Awakening. Yes, I mentioned in the beginning, the issues of pedophilia, child trafficking, the jab, election fraud, border control, government corruption, they're going to have a dramatic effect. But nothing, nothing compared <clears throat> to the economic onslaught that we're going to face. And lastly, I'd leave you with this. Mike Pompeo said, study Myanmar. And Myanmar was a very corrupt country. Its people were on the edge. Starvation, famine. The military come in and they dealt with Aung San Shui. They dealt with child trafficking. 
but they dealt with it. They couldn't get it done through the courts in Myanmar. They couldn't get it done through the agencies in Myanmar because they were all corrupt. That's exactly the position that we're in, 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 in Germany, in Britain, in America. That's exactly the position. Anybody who thinks that the Congress is going to take down Biden is a clown. Is an absolute clown and doesn't understand what is really taking place. This would be the great awakening of the masses in the next period. The criminals in control are going to be exposed. We're going to have mass upheavals. If it, the cabal is a small minority of people. It might, it, might, it might in America come to a couple of million in Britain, maybe a couple of hundred thousand. But we're the majority. And whereas, you know, they're saying, oh, well, we, people will be having to get out of their houses. Yeah, the, the, the landlord's saying, yeah, we'd be kicking them out if they can't pay their rents. Yeah. That might happen in the beginning, but it won't carry on. Because once it becomes widespread, people are going to say, screw you. And they're going to defend their fellow members and the, their fellow friends in their community who are under attack. The laws will become impassable. They'll become useless. The government will become useless. They'll be ineffectual. There will be, if you like, a status quo, a balancing in society where no government, no political party will be able to get its will because we, the masses, will be united against them. It's in that type of development that the military comes out on the side of the people. And that's what will happen. Don't ask me how. I don't know how it's going to take place. But those are the developments that are going to take place on that vein and manner in all the WCC countries. Not so dramatic in America, by the way, but 45 is waiting in the wings because there it's a, it's a different ballgame. You know, the Democrats are a busted force. The, the, their exposure is taking place at an alarming rate. The prosecution won't happen. That's why devolution, to be quite honest, someone's got to explain to me how that could ever have worked. You're going to have the military are going to come in but the martial law in America, it won't be in every state and every city. It'll be in democratic-held cities, big cities. It won't, be, it won't be murder on the front door. It'll be done very quickly. And 45 gets back in. And then you have the introduction. Then you'll see what Andy Jackson was put up in the Oval Office for. Then you'll see Donald Trump introducing sound money, introducing public banking system. And then you'll have a tie-up with us taking place on the world. And in answer to you, Lou, the Constitution of the United States is the greatest constitution the world has seen, but it will be better by the people of America who will change it in the advent of what's happened now. Now, in regard to China, I've said it, I said it, and I'll say it again. Now, I'm just thinking the benefit of people who've just found us, Roy, that's all. There, it's, you know, it's not There are big dangers in questions like this. And I'll tell you what the dangers are as well. It is true. It's a monstrosity. The, the, the bureaucracy and its role has been monstrous. Its subjugation of the people has been monstrous, but that is changing. But if there's any suggestion that, it, that anybody is going to change that other than the Chinese people, China solves its problems. Russia yeah, China are buying up. The thing is, the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, have bought up our 
uh, nuclear plants. Communism is not a way to go. The communist regime is a brutal, disgusting regime that needs to be is a stain on the earth and needs to be wiped out. The communism, we know this. So when... Yeah, no, I disagree, I disagree with what you're saying here, Lou, because I believe you've got the wrong end of the stick here. I'd agree with you that it's a monstrous regime. But when you say it's got to be wiped out, who are you talking about? Who's going to wipe it out? I, do, I mean, are communism. You, are you, I, Roy, I'm meaning communism. communism well, is that's, up to the, that's up to the Chinese people. They've got sovereignty of their own country. They'll sort out what they've got to do. They could turn around and say, hey, you want to sort America out? They've killed in this in the, in the 2010s and 2020s, two and a half million have been murdered by the American administration, which Blair has assisted in. So when we go and take a poke at them, they're going to come back and say, piss off. You don't no, give us any no, lectures. Roy, Roy, hang on. No. Can I say No, no, I'm trying I'm trying to explain that they're sovereign nations. You might not like the way People that... are very concerned. People will get very concerned, especially new listeners. The way we talk about, yeah, China and all everything, we are not on the side of communism. This is all I'm trying to get back. And when you're saying Russia and you're saying, China, you know, specifically the Chinese and the Russians, you're not talking about the Chinese Communist Party, are you? That's all I'm trying to get across. Just to our listeners... I'm not supporting the Chinese Communist Party, but I recognise that it is in control in China. And the only people that can solve the problem of the Chinese Communist Party are the Chinese. That's all. Okay. Now, when they move to do that, they'll have my ultimate support. But if people, new listeners, begin to look at the situation, they'll find that she has already made the, uh, the move against the Chinese CCP. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it beggars belief that he removes key players from the EC. He gives a report of child trafficking and organ donation that was taking place. And not one Western paper or media or individuals who are interested have bothered to read it. He invites Recep Erdogan over to go into, into the uh, Uyghurs area. And last week, he gets the Muslim World Council in. The right, same Muslim World, no, the same Muslim World Council that have excoriated him, and rightly so, and excoriated the Communist Party for the treatment of Muslims, rightly so. But you should read the report of the Muslim World Council. These aren't people. Yes, people for Chi. They don't excuse him. They certainly don't excuse what's taking place, but they do highlight the propaganda and the lies that have been put forward to damn it. I think that in Chi, Q didn't say. Would you, would you be surprised that Chi, Putin and Trump were working together? He would never have put that statement forward if it wasn't a basis of truth in it. I think we should be concerned more about what we've done and what we're doing now. And nobody, if, if China came over here and tried to tell us what to do, we'd tell to piss off. If we went to America and tried to tell them what to do, they tell us to piss off. That's the point. Sovereign nations, you might disagree, and I do, with what's taking place and the role and the leadership. Nevertheless, I am of the opinion that they must sort their problems out. Any other way, and you follow the route of Pax Americana, we'll intervene if you don't do what we say. 
Yeah, but you I mean, the use our military doesn't work. Communism doesn't work, and I, I don't want to give a place to communism. Whoever said that. communism worked? But you, I tell you what, do you really think it works over here? Uh, do you the, really think not under the banner? Do you think the Western cabal works? No, of course it doesn't. But it's certainly we certainly don't want to be turning to communism or promoting. Who says we, nobody says we're going to turn to communism? There's no chance. How could the British people turn to communism? They'd never they accept it. They won't. We haven't. We haven't fought. We, ha we haven't applauding it. You know, we haven't fought all our lives for democratic rights to give them away. I just to, to what it would be. And by the way, the biggest communists now are in the WEF, are in the leadership. They're far more dangerous than China. They're the ones who want to wage war, nuclear war. China and Russia. And the West and the BRICS countries are defensive in nature. Are they going to attack now? But all these things will be sorted out. But the new listeners didn't worry their heads about it. Then the new listeners, the British masses, the British military, the American military, the future developments—they're not going to sort the problems out of communism. As abhorrent as it is, only the Chinese can sort it out, and they will. Yeah. They will sort it out. But I just all I wanted to do, Roy, is get across that we are not in support of communist China. We're in support of the Chinese people. We do not uh, support the regime of China, um, and we're not giving it bigging up. That's all I wanted to get across. We when we you know when you're saying that, that China and Russia and all of this, it's all great and what they're doing. We're not saying the Chinese communist. Uh, I know. I never said it was great what no, they're doing. No, I was just paraphrasing, I, I, Roy. Give me a minute. <laughs> No, I, 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 yeah, but I actually characterise it in the beginning for these very reasons. You see, I'm wary of people yeah, but who are coming in. People are new to the show, Roy. You know, we've been doing these shows no. for two years. A lot of people haven't heard. So if anyone was tuning in, it would sound... I just I just wanted to get that point across, Roy. That yeah, was our, our problem here, Lewis, that 85% of humanity is supporting Putin and Xi. Well, that's up to them. I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm not supporting a communist. I'm not supporting communist China and what they're doing. What well, I'm not. I'm, I, I'm not either. I'm not either. But I'm I was actually, just trying to get across to why I'm listeners. acutely aware. I'm acutely aware that any talk about we got to sort them out or we're not accepting it, that will turn these masses, the overwhelming majority of humanity, they will turn just turn their back on us. And they will say, well, stuff you. And we will be in a dystopian society. I'm not saying we have to cower to them. But the same as they say to us, you have your sovereign rights, you sort your problems out. We have to reciprocate. Doesn't matter what we think or what we feel. They're saying we will interfere with you. And we have to say to them. That that's what Trump did. You know, Trump, had a, Trump stopped the endless wars because he said, no, I won't intervene. The peoples in those countries are going to sort their problems out. And Trump went further. Jack, he stayed it. We totally understand that. All I was trying to do is if someone hadn't listened to previous shows, Roy, that I was assuring people we are not certainly not praising the Chinese Communist Party after all the horrific crimes that they have done. We are not doing that. We are discussing a Q post where she maybe wants to get away from the Communist Party. You can see what it's like. 
We don't know. But Trump and Q did come out that they were working together. He's probably given them an ultimatum that they need to do stuff. But there is all I wanted to reiterate to people who haven't heard a lot of shows. We do have new people coming um, that please do not think we are praising the Chinese Communist Party because we are not. That's all I wanted to get across, Roy. I'm not picking on you, Yolu, but I've got to take you up. Trump has not offered any ultimatums to Xi or to Putin. The new world isn't one of ultimatums or doing what you're told. The new world will be a discussion. If you can't get agreement, then you will disagree. You're not going to go to war over it, but you might have to paddle your own boat. That is this idea. I just want to get across. We're not praising the Communist Chinese Party. That is not what we're doing at all. That's all, all I did. All I've done is recognize the superior, superiority of the Chinese economy over all the economies of the West. Lovely. Right. Where are we going to go next? Roy, are you when are you going to be likely to be back on? We would be it would be good to get along with other <sighs> stuff going on at the moment and where we are. Um, where do we go next? When you- yeah, well, I think you know you've got the in- you've got the increased rate taking place today okay. uh, with the American government, and you've got more figures being released over the weekend, and you've got the manipulation of the CPI and the inflation indexes taking place in the next week or two. But it, it's 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 in it's in Ukraine now. The advance yeah. of Russia is going to take place, and it will be a big advance, and NATO are coming into the scene. And that's what's going to, that's primary now in developments on a world scale. The rest, you know, is really important, as I mentioned. But for me, it's just noise. You cannot get any solution to any of the major problems that we face in society until we throw this rotten cabal into the dustbin of history. <laughs> that's the way that it is. And they will be thrown into the dustbin of history when you remove their weapon of control. And the ultimate weapon of control is they print the money, they control the money, they control the credit, and they control the banks and the loans, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll pick this up again next week. We'll have a little bit more on Ukraine. And if, if, we don't do it, if we don't do it next week, because events might not move as quickly as we think, we'll definitely come back the week. And the moment events move, we'll come back. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, Roy, you're no longer on Telegram or Facebook, are you? So if people need to get in no. touch, they can come via Liberty Tactics and I will get any messages that you need. You can email me, lou at libertytactics.co.uk. Um, Roy, we're happy to give you an email address if you need one uh, for Liberty Tactics. No. I, do you know what, you know, Lou, I don't want it. I, I've taken my numbers off, everything off, because I literally... I, yeah. To wake up to 200 emails every morning, I don't want to do that anymore, you know. I've got enough going on in my life, you know, the phone. I've changed my number, by the way. You've got my, my – I've changed my other number. Oh, we'll have to go you and get, that in a moment. No, no, you, you've got my number, but I've got another phone, which uh, I gave out to the general public, but I've, I've had to get rid of that because the damn thing goes all the time. I just need some time to absorb what's taking place because what I'm putting forward – is not being put forward by truthers. It's not being put forward by other channels. So in a sense, I want to be doubly sure of what I'm saying. So it, it does take a lot of research, even to get out what seemingly seems a simple topic like this. But you do have to research it to make sure that you're pointing in the correct way and your facts are right. Yeah. 
yeah, absolutely. Roy Davis, thank you as always. No problem, no. Lovely one. And by the way, by the way, Lou, there's nothing wrong in disagreeing. No, I enjoy. It. I don't enjoy. I enjoy it. Yeah, I do because it clarifies. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't like challenging. And, and and you know exactly. I agree with you. But you know, as you as everyone knows, I am a born again Christian. I do think God's going to intervene before that. But you know, that's. That's where we are. I've had so many of the, um, the, the, the the amazing prophets, Julie Green, Deborah Williams. They've all said it will get harder, but we don't. Anything is possible. We think things are at a loss. There's no way back. But, we, you know, people aren't putting God. God can change something <laughs> like that. So I'm going That's to keep true. praying. I'm going to keep praying. I have my faith that God isn't going to get things as bad as what it is for his people. Um, but we will have to wait and see. But I, I've got my faith. I'm going to pray a lot on this. And um, let's see where it goes. Roy Davis, thank you as always. Thanks, Lou. Thank you. So I am going to do my own little show later on today. And I want to talk about the kids again. So obviously everyone is fully aware uh, about what Public Child Protection Wales are doing. There is a rally going on this weekend. Uh, Kimberly has been on the show last week. Lucia was on the show last week, as was Joan. I'm actually going to be inviting Joan onto the show uh, probably tomorrow because I've been drawn to an article where a parent has asked her the their child's school not to call them by a different gender, call their child a boy when their child is a girl, has been born a girl. Well, because they asked that question, social services have been called into the family. Now, we already see what damage these woke students uh, who are coming out of universities and then going into our classrooms to teach our children. Now, there are that type of people coming out of the universities going into social care. And I think we now keep the focus on the teachers and what they're learning in school. But I think we also need to know what type of people are the social workers, because what if you don't believe about that a man can be a woman and a man can give birth and a man can have a period? I don't think they can. I know they can't. <laughs> We're different. Transgender is somebody in the opposite sex wearing some different trousers. OK, you can come for me. I don't care. But I am very, very concerned. Thankfully, my children have grown up. They've moved on. I haven't got anything to worry about. So I'm planning to go full throttle. I understand there are children out, parents out there who have young children. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to allow the lies to go on that is going into your children's head when they're away from you between 9 and 3 a.m. every day? Are you going to try and deprogram them for what they've learned? If you do, they could well go in and say something to the teacher like, please don't call me that. Whatever. Go and tell. The next thing you've got social services at the door. That social services is the transgender. How are you going to treat that? Because I know one thing. Social services earn big money for every child they take off a family. Anyone who tells you different is lying. I have been doing this for 15 years. I've worked very closely with Brian Garish. We know the money is involved when you have social services coming into your life. We know how much social services get paid for every child they take off a family. So what if you had conservative values, not conservative party, but conservatism, you, you don't want this liberal lunacy affecting your child. So and what if you are like myself? 
Christian? What if you're a Muslim? You don't want your children knowing about this. The school said social services. What are you going to say at that front door? But anyway, that's the show for another day. I'm going to record that later on. Um, Roy will be back either next week or further on after the week after, you know, 10 days, two weeks. Whenever Roy's ready, he knows he's got an open door here. I'm going to be back, hopefully, with Catherine, sending her so much love and so many prayers and blessings. She's done her fast. She completed her fast. She's given up tobacco. She's given up sugar and she's done a week fast. So all those toxins are very painful to remove and get out of your system when you're undergoing, especially if you've got 40 years of smoking or 40 years of caffeine and sugar. Uh, She's braver than I am. So she will be back with the children first, I'm sure, next week. But in the meantime, I'm going to be speaking to Joan Ginsburg and other members of Public Child Protection later in the week. So libertytactics.co.uk and uh, we'll be back. And if you want to get in touch with us or Roy, Lou at libertytactics.co.uk or you can fill in the contract form. God bless and goodbye. I'm so-